Hello everybody, my name is Miriam Thiel-Alberts. I'm your host for Animal Wisdom Stories and today we have the lovely Stina Herberg here with us. Stina is from Norway, but she lives in St. Vincent now where she's the teach a teacher and director of the Richmond Vale Academy. Welcome Stina. Thank you very much, Miriam. <laughs> I'm really happy that you're here. You're doing an amazing job there in the Caribbean uh, with your academy. Uh, where you're teaching environmental projects and you have a beautiful herd of horses and you also teach liberty training and loads of courses. So maybe you want to introduce your academy and tell us what you do there. All right. Well, thank you. I came to St. Vincent in 2007. I'm originally born in Norway and at the age of 21, I embarked on journeys in the world in India and Africa where I did a lot of um, humanitarian work, which changed my life and my view on education and the world. So um, I was teaching uh, for many years. And then uh, when this job opportunity came about in 2007, uh, I, together with the team, took this challenge to make the Richmond Bell Academy a center for uh, climate change adaptation and mitigation a center for students to come from across the world to learn about global warming, climate change and poverty reduction and how to take good care of nature and also horses. And uh, that has been a fantastic journey. We have had many students and we run a project that is um, getting out to every corner of the island. We have a population of about 110,000 people mm -hmm. and actually the um, I, the, the island is quite poor. It's the second poorest in the Caribbean after Haiti. So it's not just like you see in the, in the Caribbean magazine, tourism mm -hmm. magazines. The reality for people are quite different. And if we get to the horse part, I have uh, growing up in Norway, when I was 10 years old, I looked across the river and there was an old farmer who had an old horse. And the day that I could actually see what I was looking at, I crossed the river and went over to the farmer who had the horse. And all I did the whole summer, I brushed the horse, took care of that horse, and uh, had my first little love story with the horse. So since then, because my family is not much into animals, I have always had horses in my life. So I was riding horses in India. I took care of a horse in Mozambique, Africa. And I worked in Denmark for a while where... I found a horse that set me off on a journey to do things differently. Okay. Uh, because all the traditional things I had learned didn't work. So she would always protest. And I was taught that this horse was disobedient and you have to correct her. And it's a, it didn't feel right anymore. I'd grown up a little bit. And um, I start to seek other ways into natural horsemanship, from dressage to alternative jumping training to western training and uh, run into both hoof care teeth care uh, kinesiology and i don't know what i all tried to see if me and the mayor evita could get better along and i learned a lot that i had with me when i took up this job challenge here in st vincent because before we started the academy I knew I needed to find some horses because I want to have horses in my life. And um, when I came here, I um, long story short, I was looking for two other horses from farmer Bobby that had grown up at this farm in his hands in a herd 
free roaming. And I was looking for two of his horses that he had sold further that I was going to buy from the further seller. I never found them. And I was driving around this little island up these bumpy roads. And then, yeah, horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up there, up there, up there. And then there was cows. And I said, yeah, but I'm looking for some horses. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, up there, up there. And then there were some sheep and so on. So then driving around for actually a couple of weeks, I ran into a herd of wild horses, abandoned horses uh, that didn't really want to talk to anybody that looked like humans with two legs. And, and, uh, and that started the journey where I had to learn everything I knew. I saw the, uh, I, I, you have a little video on your um on your yeah. website, I think. And um, yeah. what, what's the website? Where can people find these beautiful videos? They can uh, find this by Googling my name, Astina Herberg, and then um, there will come up a lot of videos. And I have a YouTube channel and I also have a blog. So that's how they can find okay. some of the videos. Yeah. Because I, I watched that video um, of the, the rescue herd that you, you found, and they did not look like they wanted to interact. I mean, no. the faces of the horses were very much like, um, you know, we're in, in they, they, it felt like they were really pulled back into themselves, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Was it hard to kind of get that connection? Because I, I watched some other videos, you know, later on where you, you showed yeah. that dancing with the horses and it was completely different. So what yeah. happened in between? Yeah, it was a, it was a fantastic journey because... So first I had thought I would have two or three horses because we are, we are running many projects. So do you really have time to have, you know, because if you have one, you know how much time it takes. But then when we came there, I also knew that this is, this seemed, this felt very different um, because of their history. The story of this herd is that they are leftovers from an equestrian center that was started in the nineties oh. that for whatever, probably, tragic reasons had had ceased and then the horses were just roaming and there were many stories that there was a herd of 16 horses when nine had died and then uh, two or three of these horses had been enhanced before like 20 years ago uh, or maybe 15 years ago and then the rest were born after and as in the valley where they were roaming there was the people living and uh, the horse don't know which grass you can eat and not so if they enter into someone's garden they are not welcome so people would of course ask them please step out of my garden i just fixed my lawn and planted these flowers which doesn't mean that people are evil or anything but you've done all the work in your garden and then comes these birds roaming over so you will throw some stone stones at them and you shoo them away right so right. The, this the, re the relationship is the relationship they have with people so when I met them I haven't really met anything like it and I didn't have any experience with wild horses plus this um, disconnection with people because wild horses would be open once you get the trust they're open because they don't have any bad experiences in their backpack right so uh, I had got help from two professionals that I knew from Denmark because you know I can't catch wild horses as a so <laughs> they also thought this was exciting and an opportunity. So they came over to help me. Yeah. And we had managed to, to herd the horses into their old stalls. And then you could say, catch them there, you know, with, the, with this lasso thing and then get the halters wow. on and uh, force them up on a truck because it was really 
for I mean I you can I saw yeah. the truck I was thinking how did you get them on yeah. that truck yeah I I didn't I didn't it was these two professionals right. and I had to leave I couldn't watch it but I also right. knew because you have to force them you have to pull and push so because you can't it will take a year to mentally connect right. with a horse that, that is so um distant from anything that humans can be anything but evil right uh, plus they are afraid they don't know us so so it took a time and I, I couldn't be part of it because I was I was right. I, I don't know it never, well you know how you can get emotional at times so yeah. uh, I was very help, glad with the professional help because I'd put my emotions in there while the professional they would they would know oh they do like this they do like this so then uh, we got them up on these trucks. We drove up three times, uh, and then we had made pens and uh, separated the mares from the stallions. We got the stallions gilded, and then um, uh, the professionals left. And there I was with seven horses. I thought I had two, but when <laughs> when you when you uh, saw the horses, we discussed a lot because I only wanted two, maybe three. And then how can you choose? Mm. This is this really old mare that was really bony. And then it was the stallion that I thought, oh my God, will I ever be able to talk to that horse? Mm. And then you have this tiny little foal that's so weak and the mommy who's like wrangling, you know? So, so how can you choose? Well, I'm going to choose you because you look quite young and I'll choose you because you look quite strong. And it's like if I was looking at a class of students, mm. well, I'm going to work with you. You look smart. And I look at you. How can you choose? You, mm. I couldn't. So you had to take all of them. You know, I you completely have, understand. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> but, then, but then afterwards you also realize, because I'm not sure if I would do this again, maybe I would, but I'm not sure because this has, this is really difficult. So, and then to convince everybody here, we had so many things to do to get the project started. We didn't have water, we didn't have internet, and the road was full of holes, it was leaks in the, you know, getting a whole project like this off the ground with a lot of new volunteers and new staff and all of that. And then you add seven wild horses to the mix, right? And, uh, but now we had got them up here and, uh, I, you know, I, I have actually taken quite a lot of courses, uh, before because being with horses is fantastic because it's a lifelong journey. You can never be, uh, what you say, educated. I think I, it, it's, oh, it's this, it's this, it's this. still today. I do so much with horses, but I feel I know so little, you know? So this is so fascinating with horses, how it sets you up on one journey after the other. And you can learn. It's like the horse's university. And I like that. <laughs> it's like, and it doesn't stop, yeah. you know. There's yeah. no exam. <laughs> the exam is way in the future. So then I tried some of what I had learned before to connect with them and uh, nothing worked. And then, you know, at this point, I, turned, I passed 40. And uh, I had my horse time in the morning or in the afternoon, and I was really looking forward. And I was not going to do anything that would be anger or stress or uh, confusion. Or I haven't done with that. I'm with, with my horse. I want to have fun, mm. you know. Uh, and I wanted to, that I have a good time, and the horse has a good time. And they just didn't want anything to, to do with me. So um, 
I had to look very many different ways. And then I Googled, you know, how you Google on YouTube, you know, not to find some, is there any help out there? And then <clears throat> the Path of the Horse documentary had come out. Mm. And I loved this. I just saw the trailer. I didn't see the movie. I just saw the trailer. And, the, and the, I contacted. It's Dormy May, him, Flink, Harry Resnick, Mark Rashid. I wrote to all of them. I thought, well, here are some really wise people who, who have some answers, right? And I communicated with some of them and I continued to communicate with uh, Carolyn Resnick. And then I started to learn the waterhole rituals. And uh, this was great because then I had to drop my agenda and all that, just, you know, zero it out, start on a blank page. And then I sat down with the horses and waited for them to come to me. And um, because I saw some of uh, Carolyn's blog and the path of the horse, I thought, well, maybe it's true what they're saying, you know, but I wasn't you know, really sure, right? <laughs> so I was sitting there for I don't know how many weeks, and uh, finally the horses start to come to me, and that was very beautiful. And in that process, you add some meditation, you get closer to nature, and um, you wait for the horse to come to you, and you drop your agenda, you drop your ego, and... Um, I just think this is a really good lesson for me, for, for all the people who would like to have this lesson. Yeah, because, you know, sometimes it's just sitting and just being. Yeah. So difficult because I think that we are always kind of thinking, planning. I mean, I'm doing that so much that I'm, you know, when I'm with my horse, this is like the time where I can't really do anything else. And, you know, I'm here. And yeah. sitting with the horse or, and meditating with the horse, I think is so nice. And I love how you described that you were sitting there for many, many days, you know, yeah. until the horse came. And yeah. I also love the approach of dropping your agenda. Yeah. Because there is no, this is what I'm learning over and over again. There is no kind of um, one approach fits all, you know, because yeah. every horse is different. Every horse needs a different approach to that connection process. So, yeah. um, you know, one trainer says this, another person says this. And I did an interview with Linda Salinas and she said exactly that, you know. Yeah. She was giving up everything and just waiting for that inspiration, for that intuition, for, for that connection, for that bond. Yeah. And yeah. This is, you know, it's interesting that, you know, people not just one person is experiencing this, but more people are coming to that, you know? Yeah. So this is really good. And I think um, it's good to understand why it is. I don't know if you have children, but those who are listening who have children, they know that that child growing up is so open. It's so curious. Mm -hmm. It's so in love with the world. And there's, they don't have any racist thought. They don't have any hatred against Muslims. Mm. They don't have any, like, yeah, some fear. But, you know, children are just open. Wow, you know, they will walk up to you and touch your beautiful blonde hair and say, wow, how did you do that? <laughs> I mean, look at your glasses, you know. And there's no, there's no um, wall, right? And then it's good for people to ask. That's why I'm running an alternative school, another kind of school. So you enter first grade. And as you get through the nine, nine years in school, that curiosity is pretty much killed 
That right. openness is put right. back and you start to, you enter into a school system to follow orders and obey authorities. And uh, <clears throat> that doesn't, it, uh, it doesn't work. So I can just, you know, just observe what happens to children. And it's something completely wrong with our school system. And that bring, uh, that we have inside of us when we meet the horse. Orders, right. listen. If I say left, you go left. If I say stop, you go stop. You know, you have this, you have this military training. And um, when you work with people and you work with, with horses, you know, if you want to bring out that curiosity or that doesn't work, you know, you will have to ask some questions. So, so what do you think? Should we do like this? Or then you also need direction. Mm. You know, you know, the parents who have children know direction. It's, it's, it's not nice to be with these kids because you have to be respectful. You also, you know, so there's a two way, it's just a dialogue. It's just a yeah. dialogue, but basically this get lost in school. So, so I think this is, this really fit to me. This, when I, when I start to learn that, the water hole rituals, well, first you are in on the horse's terms and then you also, first you learn from the horse and then you teach the horse. Yeah. So, so, but it okay. doesn't start. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It doesn't start uh, with the uh, let, let me teach you a lesson. No. First, I will bond with you. I'll get to know you. How do you work and all that? And then afterwards, you can teach the horse. No. You know, now looking at your, your videos, what I'm sort of observing is that you're one. You're one unit. You're, you're together. So do you, do you think that this, this bonding came through that, that you took the time to say, okay, what can I... What can I learn from you being just, you know, you turn around the, 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 the roles a little bit by yeah. saying, coming with your, with your hands out and saying, okay, what can I, you know, what can you give me what I'm here to learn? So do you yeah. think by changing that, they feel more inclined to go uh, trust you or start that bonding? Yeah, definitely. I think it's like, let's say you are uh, like in the middle of a debate with another person, right? You, you know, and you just go in and, and, and force through your agenda. Listen, this is what I think. This is how I see it. This is what happened, you know? Right. Uh, and uh, maybe you are right, okay? But the other person is somewhere else. The horse is somewhere else. Yeah. And how do you connect the two? Uh, so, so it really helps to sit down and say, well, I, I learned about this. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think like this and say, oh, that's interesting. How, do you, how did you get to that conclusion? Yeah, from there and there. And there is a bing. You didn't even think about that. So I think to be able to sit down and listen to the other person, listen to the horse, and, and, and then be open and not... Mm -hmm. Again, open your mind because sometimes we have an opinion about this or that or this. And then, and I think this is very, very crucial. So you also have like a little, um, a little academy with the horses, right? Like yeah. where you teach Liberty um, and you teach, I, I don't know how to, you, you call it, you, you teach the bonding. You, you have people come and sit with the herd and learn from the herd. Um, yeah. So it's your... Is this program basically your attempt to bring something out there to kind of um, inspire people to change how we see horses? 
Yeah, I'd really like to do that. And I really like to help people. I have a liberty training clinic. I'll do one in Norway. I do that once a year, once every second year. At a point, I was doing a lot of clinics when I, I worked more with Caroline Resnick. I did some in Colombia, Denmark, Holland, and so on. Uh, but now I do two clinics a year. So um, I have a program here where people can come for a month to study horses. And, uh, and then in this, whether I have working students or in this one, one month course, and then, or if I go and do a clinic here, I have one every end of November. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very based on the waterhole rituals. Of course, I have a lot of own experiences, but basically you learn first from the horse and then, uh, but then comes also some techniques as very, uh, uh, tools. You need some tools. For example, people need to understand how do I actually approach the horse Mm -hmm. so some people are very uh, needy so they will go up and start touching the horse it's a very normal thing to do like we have that right like uh, now you of course I cannot touch you but (laughs) if I was very close to you and I start touching I don't know you I don't even say hello first I just go up and I start touching you you would really you know you would pull back Um, so there's a, a lot of technique to learn when can you touch the horse how can you touch? Uh, how can you approach the horse? Mm-hmm. When is a good time? When is a good time with a different horse? And the discussion in all: Why do you need to touch the horse? You know. Also, so there's some techniques to understand how do you approach it. So, what's the space like? The space mm-hmm. we have a, a, a certain space. Mm-hmm. How do you say hello? And then we have a lot of observations about the horse herd. So, how how do they speak to each other? And it's very clear they they do their leading from behind. Why do they do leading from behind? Why should the herd keep an eye on the? Why should the herd keep an eye on the lead mare? Where does that come from? Uh, uh, why do horses play? When do they play? When can we play? Is it a good idea to play with this horse? If it's that you're the person and this is the horse. Mm. So there's a lot of, how does a horse learn? How do you get the horse ready to want to learn? So, uh, so, so there are, there are some, some, actually some, some tools you need to understand how does the horse work? And this is, I think, it really helps people because they go, oh, that's why my horse didn't want to or, okay, you know, so that you get some tools, some exercises and a, a different kind and you open your toolbox mm-hmm. and you will see, well, maybe I'll use this one and work, not work. And then again, you have dropped your agenda so you're open for when it doesn't work because we've taught in school that failure it's almost not an option. You get stamped. Oh, you don't know how to do that. And so instead of that, you just open. Oh, oh, that didn't work. Okay, so let's try something else. It didn't work. And you're not a failure. You are on a journey trying different things. And then, and then you just say, oh, this worked. Oh, that's nice. Well, maybe we should try some more of that. And then the next day, guess what? It doesn't work. And you don't understand why. And, you f- and then stop having an opinion about it. Just, it just didn't work. It doesn't matter. Just try again. I think yeah. I think this is so nice, and also um, having actually horses in a herd, um, yeah. because most horses they don't get that luxury to live in a herd. You know, I mean, of course, you know, yeah. we can not all have the horses uh, in this like you know luxury big fields, and and I mean sometimes there are restrictions where we live. You know what it costs. Yeah, of 
so many things and also what the horse needs you know like yeah. can the horse actually go on the on the on the field or shouldn't it because of health restrictions and all that um yeah but i think that in europe and around the world i suppose there are not that many big intact herds of yeah. horses because most horses are in like small groups you know two sometimes they're alone sometimes you know they're in small confined areas and they don't react normally anymore i think they're yeah. not that natural horse anymore because they have decided it's it's okay to stand in a little paddock you know with just one horse yeah. on one side and one horse on the other side yeah, but yeah. they don't interact anymore and yeah. when i got my horse um i think it was five years ago he was he was given to me as you know for free because the the woman didn't want him anymore and he was not trained she had mm. tried to train him and um and then she was afraid to train him like riding a little bit i think and the horse you know the first time i met him i felt the horse thought he was a dog you know oh. he didn't know what <laughs> what yeah what it is to be a horse anymore you know yeah um she taught him some tricks to bring back some stuff and i was okay. like wow <laughs> so um yeah and he he's now in a in 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 the big herd and they have a very big field so um seeing that interaction is so different and it's so nice um yeah, when we yeah. give our horses or when we have the ability for the horses to live that way so for you to having that space and that that um you know surroundings there it's wonderful that people can come and actually see um like a working herd so yeah and, and this is that. yeah yeah and then what i also do before the clinic i would also um i keep them in two groups because last year i have a stallion that came to me running over and uh, uh first says oh no 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 you don't need more horses and then start all over again and all that but anyway he came over and i was like oh no he's a stallion and we don't want more horses and we don't want to sell horses. And uh, so I have another, he's gelded, but he was a stallion when I, when I got him in 2007. Uh, and I, you know, and it's a big energy to deal with. Right. And that really taught me many lessons of, of, of overcoming my own fear. So um, then I keep these in two groups. And, and uh, sometimes before the clinics, I mix them up a bit and keep them maybe two and two and two. And then when we start the clinic, we put them together. Not the two stallions, the two males. I don't, I don't, I don't want to experiment there because it's their territory, it's their mare. So they're going to argue a lot because right. in nature, there will be one of them who stay with the herd and so on. So. Uh, so, and then when they come together, I have some videos I could just share with you. It's so fascinating. You will see that whole personality, the whole uh, language of the horse, you know, and it's, it's so beautiful how it unfolds and very seldom there's, uh, you know, any, uh, you could say violence or, I mean, they would, they would tell each other here and there and set the boundaries, which also tells the humans that you should be able to set some boundaries uh, 
also not in a violent way, not using a whip or not being abusive, but you got to set some boundaries like you would do with a man who walks up to you on a bar and he starts grabbing you on your behind and you're going to grab that hand and say, (laughs) what are you doing? You don't start off like that. Maybe you'll give him another chance because he kind of (laughs) got caught there. But, uh, but uh, you will learn to set boundaries. And that's something, because mostly women come to my clinics. And this is a great lesson when I bring in, in, uh, in, uh, in Jack, also when they do exercises with Jack. Because uh, if they don't set boundaries and have a direction and show some leadership, he's not going to listen. And it's not, nothing personal. He needs a lead mare to direct him. Fine. Another horse doesn't need that. And then we need to go in and actually show some leadership or you need to find out if that doesn't work with your horse well maybe this is never going to work and then you have to say so what is it that you can do together and uh, and this is very important so we teach that about setting boundaries we teach about listening we teach about observing awareness and you need to be ready to understand what's going on in your own mind mm-hmm. so i always say <laughs> we do this over before we enter into the herd yeah. uh, before we open the gate uh, I, I ask people to think about so what are you thinking about how do you feel? Where are you? Uh, and it doesn't matter where they are in their mind, but you need to be aware. If you enter the field and you have a lot of bills you didn't pay, you had an argument with your husband and your toe is hurting or your child said this and didn't call or whatever. So if all that's going on in your mind, it's very difficult to connect with a horse. Mm-hmm. No problem. But then you need to adjust what you think you can achieve with your horse today. Because if your mind is somewhere else, you can't, you can't get there. And this is also where we get to a bit of this with oneness. But you need to start with yourself to understand, so where am I at? Where am I in this moment? And, um, and that it affects what you're going to do, whether it's with the horse or whether you're going to achieve something else. It's, so the horse yeah. is just really interesting way to open the door for you to understand yourself better in where you are headed, what you are going to do. So in that way, it's just such a mutual benefit, put horses and humans together. Because they show you they're, they're a great kind of, I mean, people say they're a mirror. I think they're more than a mirror. They are, you know, they're sentient beings, you know, they have souls, yeah. but they react because they need to sometimes they're a bit like children traumatized children that are all highly um sensitive people yeah yeah maybe, maybe horses are just highly sensitive you know yeah. but they can they can pick up what's going on um inside us and they react to that um yeah it's not that they show us so much but they they're reacting out of their own um you know, yeah. with their own experience to that. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Because yeah. <clears throat> go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. and here is is very much what the, what the, what my students I see for the horse students need to learn, because um, <clears throat> they they are not trained and haven't had a course in reading the horse. You know, if you all of a sudden look really sad now or worried, looking out of the window, you're looking really worried. I can see something's going on. I, you know, and maybe I'll ask you, are, are you okay? Or, you know, I can sense that more or less with a human, some less, some can sense it more, mm-hmm. uh, but they're not trained to see it with a the horse. They are not, they haven't had a course. So if the horse looks like this, 
Can you see uh, the wrinkles in the eyes? Can you see the holes up here? Can you see how they are seeing you, but they don't see you? Do you really see when they are paying attention? Do you... <clears throat> so so that they, these are some tools we need to learn, and you, of course, don't learn that in a writing school. Writing schools are some of the most old-fashioned schools in Europe today. It's actually the only school where small children learn to beat horses. You know, small children learn to beat animals, and it's so just so out of place. So many, many of us, when we start our first interaction with horses, this is this is the old school we're learning. We're not learning how they work in a herd, what is the the the, the natural needs um, about health. We don't learn about horse health, which is crucial. If your horse is not healthy, it's very difficult to achieve anything. And we are not trained to see and learn. What do they need of movement? What about these shoes that are nailed to their feet? What about teeth care? Uh, what is the natural eating system, the digestive system? So all this I touch on uh, on the clinic so that you can learn. So, you know, to be happy and healthy, to bring the best out of you, you can have the best mind and all the techniques. But, but really, if your digestive system is not working properly, right. it's going to actually aff it affects your mind, you know? So... Uh, and I'm very into health, human health. Um, and, and then, of course, that is contagious. So it goes on to my student, it goes on to my horses. So they are living in a very natural, as natural as possible, uh, which has many elements. It's a whole other topic. But I find this with uh, movement and, and this with health is very important. So even if you learn all the techniques of being the best so-called horse whisperer and you're the best dressage rider and you're the best ground trainer, if that horse is not healthy, mm -hmm. it, it, uh, it's very difficult to use all the skills that you now have learned to connect with a horse. And I just see when I go to clinics, I just see, I can see because now I get some training because I've done a lot of clinics. I met a lot of people. Hello. Of people who just they want the absolutely best for the horse but they cannot see uh, that that horse is not healthy and if you don't fix that first well there's not a must here but my experience is that if you fix the health problem first uh, then your chance to to all the techniques you have learned and all that for that to work is better or that you really adjust your training program that you focus on the health and you do a very gentle your training program whatever it is and learn to see if the horse is on board or not. Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, my friend's horse had had you know it's it's been quite ill for for a while, and seeing that um, from the outside is really bad because I find that you know and also with my own own horse uh, I found that vets very often have like um, a standardized sort of approach to to different health yeah. problems yeah. and again this is the same as the yeah. um same approach to training and yeah. you know i think what what is so needed and is also mm. so nice for us to start kind of going with our intuition with our mindfulness you know kind of yeah what am i seeing what am i experiencing what am i um, what's going on here? And um, because I don't believe there's just one approach no, to no, health, no. there's not one yeah. approach to training, and there's no what not one approach to living. Exactly. I mean, this is this is you know you're describing something with the horses that that you're hoping people um, you know learn 
but this is not only for the horses this is for life this is like yes, you know, when you yes, see exactly. about the boundaries yeah this is you know with people as you were describing this with animals this is with situations this is sort of it's yeah. much bigger and yeah so i think it's so lovely to to come in and learn that you know when you're learning with horses you don't think that you're learning for your life in a way yeah exactly right it's like uh, attitude right so you, so so it also goes this like oh you know it's not this poor little horse right but then so then, then you would have because one thing is you have to say if a horse doesn't want to do something first you look into the health and maybe you'll ask in a way he can't understand so he can't answer to your request uh but let's say the horse got some attitudes it's just like with people in our school here, we run the school together. We do cooking, cleaning, gardening, maintenance, studies, courses. We do everything together as a collective. We work mm -hmm. together like a herd. And um, <clears throat> so sometimes you wake up and a student has a cleaning area. And uh, then you would see that it wasn't done, right? And then the student will go, why are you against me? I did it my best. <laughs> Obviously, you didn't do your best, right? Yes. why are you after me right so why me you know so you so you approach the situation that it's so this the learning in the school is holistic because it's about everything so then it's the same with the horse you ask the horse where the horse will start to question you so who are you to give me orders or ask me to do this and then it's fascinating when you get the shift to how do you make the student or your co-worker or your colleague or your horse Will you come in and say, um, approach it in a different way? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe with children you can do this. We're going to have a cleaning competition. You're not addressing the student who didn't clean, but you start a class with seeing, you know, guess what? This week we're going to have a cleaning competition and the prize is a trip to the rainforest. Yeah, you know, and they're all clean, super this week, and you start <laughs> to put in some good habits. And this is also possible to do with horses. So I, it's funny now because I have a young stallion. He came to me almost two years ago with his mom. And I filmed his whole life. It's one of what I have. Uh, I filmed his whole life. It's, it's fantastic, this little stallion. He's two years now and I'm debating back and forth every day whether I'm going to keep him a stallion or not. So I haven't found the answer yet, but I will find it soon. So uh, then I'm going to teach him how to walk on a leash. So he's got his halter on now. He's had that on for three months and he's getting used to it. And then I'm going to teach him how to, when I pull, he needs to follow up pull because we can you know everything can't be that natural we're going to walk from here to here right so and there's no discussion it's like the child you you wake up in the morning and say we're going to go to school no i don't want to go to school today i want to put my rubber boots on don't pull my hair don't comb my hair it's like hey hey listen here there's nothing we are going to school today that's it you know so you you know and then with walking on the rope so he will put his feet right <laughs> i'm going nowhere and about, oh, okay, you're going nowhere. So I say, oh, okay. So instead of getting irritated, you see, and this is where you get trained as a trainer, uh, and then instead you make it, make it, uh, make it fun. You put in some energy. So you would say, oh, we're not going anywhere. Well, okay, I'm sorry about that. And then you put some uh, treats up. You hide them, right? So the first treat, you let him see it. Oh. Oh, I changed my mind. I'm going. <laughs> right? So then we'll go and we'll find the treat. Go, oh, wow. And there we stand there and I say, would you like to come? I said, oh, no, I'm not going with you. You know, If you pull this way, I'm going to pull the other way. 
right? Because also he doesn't know, right? So he doesn't know that when I pull, he should come with me. How can he know? So, and how do I teach him? And I'm, I'm not going to start our interaction of doing things because he's just two years, so we're not doing much. But uh, he needs to learn how to walk on a rope, right? And he also needs to behave, learn to behave when I pass the mares. I'm not going to have a drama when I pass the mares. So how do I start that without, uh, he can express himself, but I don't, need, I don't need no drama and he needs to learn to behave. So then we have that all this walking in the paddock right now where, where we are finding treats and we have no problem walking on the rope. Now we are inside the paddock doing it and I just do five to 10 minutes. So that when you face a challenge, how do you react and then how do you move? And this is also something I discuss a lot uh, uh, in my clinic and then you get some tools, right? Uh, so that you can say, aha, this doesn't work. Not like it, uh, you meet the wall, but then it's so... Okay, I look in my toolbox. What else can we do? Mm -hmm. All right. And if none of that work, maybe you should take another task. Maybe you're not ready for that task. Pick another task. Do something that works. Mm -hmm. And then you build on that. Everything you come together, what you do is something that works. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then when you bring the new thing that was difficult for you, maybe now you succeed. You know what? This reminds me so much <laughs> of dog training because we got a dog last year, you know, a puppy. Uh -huh. And that was exactly like, you know, you, you, you're kind of trying to, I never thought that you could do that with a, with a horse just like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Something doesn't work, something else works. You know, you, you kind of switch, I mean, with a dog you do that. You switch yeah. the attention to something else. Exactly. You know, we, want to, we want to pass the other dog, even though that yeah. dog is not friendly to you. <laughs> we, want to, we want to pass. Right. Yeah. It's a treat here. You can look, but yeah. you not, you know, run over there. Yeah. Because our dog is quite big. He's like 15 kilos, you know? Okay. okay. So, um, yeah. so, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. And you know what? With some of our students, with some of the children I work with in the villages, it's the same thing. You come into the classroom, it's a mess. I have no minds with me at all. How do you get their attention? Right. It's the same. That's why what's so fascinating with this with the horses, it's not the same, but it's the same, same. It's the same elements um, and many of the same elements that you can use like in your life with your dog, maybe even with your husband. Yeah, that's great. Can you <laughs> no, like that's great. Clinic? <laughs> now we're talking. Now we're talking. <laughs> can you offer a clinic for our disobedient husbands? You know, how to no, train no, them? No, I don't do those. I don't do those. <laughs> I only do the women ones, so they become the lead mares. <laughs> yes, I mean, yes, to, to train your husband then. Um, no, yeah, yeah. You know, that would, be, that would be fun. But so you have the, the clinic, the Liberty, Liberty yeah. Horse Clinic, you have yeah. uh, at the end of November until early December, once a year and, yeah. uh, in St. Vincent. Yeah. And then you, you also have the Norwegian. Yeah, I have that. Where, yeah, I do one in Norway now because I visit my mom. So uh, uh, I go visit my family and then I combine that with horses. I mean, what a great combination. Right. Mommy and horses. It's fantastic. Even though my mommy is about 80 years old and I just love spending this time with her. And then we put some horses in. And then I go to a, a beautiful woman who has a fantastic herd of horses. And then we are just doing this sorts of interaction and learning the techniques and the tools. 
And then the same with the, but the, the Caribbean Liberty Training Clinic is of course different because it's my own horses. Right. And uh, you, can, you can do the all uh, uh, up to Liberty dancing in the clinic. It depends a little bit on, on, the, on the person, but you can actually get to Liberty dance. And how I do it is because they mirror me. So I put them into the dance. So they would be my, sh- my, my shadow. So right. I would do, and then they could, and they just need to, to shadow me. And because uh, for some, it's very difficult to do this because you work with, with a lot of energy. Uh, because the horse is big, you know, and you, you're small. And, but it's a very beautiful experience. And then also we do lessons just out on the beach or on, in the rainforest. And so it's totally, um, really, you know, no fences, no ropes, no halters. Well, of course, we're walking the horse out to a specific spot in the rainforest. I mean, there's no, it's not that magic. But then, of course, as we have herded, we have bounded. By this, by we go out in the rainforest, we're already tuned, you see? Because the horses easily accept new students because this is their job and right. they like their job. So they are easily connecting with new people also because they have me as a guide there. Right. So they also know the humans won't overstep, you see? So they feel very safe in this learning space. Yeah. I, think, I think it sounds so wonderful. And um, just say again, when, when the clinic is, and do you still so have... Start, yeah. yeah, we have some places. So uh, or something. I don't remember because I'm going to do this clinic together with another trainer. I always like to team up with somebody right. because then I, I learn new things. Uh, uh, and, uh, and yeah, it's 30th of November and, uh, and, and, and then five days from there. So, yeah. And so people will be, they, they live on your, um, at your, yeah. Yeah, we have a small Airbnb. We have five rooms uh, and some other rooms, but five good good rooms, I would say. And yeah. We have own uh, own bathroom and a beautiful view of the ocean and the forest and the horses. Very good. And uh, and uh, so they will stay here, and we eat here at the center. At the center, we have you know we own renewable energy. We cook on biogas. We grow organic food. And uh, we have, you know, agroforestry systems. We model, we have a lot of models. So many people come are fascinated by uh, uh, all the models we are mimicking for a climate resilient future. That's also our whole school is a center. So we have about a thousand visitors a year wow. learning about how do you do biogas, water right. harvesting, gray water recycling, right. various ways of uh, organic farming like permaculture. And yeah, yeah so... That can be added to the mix if people would like to, to, to learn more about that. We do tours and, you know, yeah. Yes, I would like to. Okay, <laughs> you know, well, you're welcome. <laughs> I saw you are a great filmmaker, so you could come and film. <laughs> I would love to. I would really love to. And uh, I'll have to see if I can, um, you know, it's, it's always a little bit difficult. We have three cats and a dog, which is yeah. huge, you know, and a horse. Yeah. So I need to kind of, sometimes my husband has to stay home and I can go or we have to find ways to, um, because it's like this, this dog, I can't give him to my neighbors, you know, like a small dog, it oh, would be yeah. okay, but he's a big dog. Yeah, but I'll look into that and uh, that would be so yeah. beautiful. So yeah. this was beautiful and really okay. inspiring. And I love how you... Um, take that subject of basically we are all the same in a way you know there's a oneness between humans 
all sentient beings, you know, horses, yeah. animals, and also yeah. the, the subject of training, you know, yeah. where you say you have the, 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 you know, training the children, if you can say that, you know, like teaching yeah. the children and teaching the horses have very many um, similar situations. Yeah. Yeah. And so taking the horses or letting the horse guide you and that teach you how to become one with the other, you yeah. know, become a teacher, but not, you know, this yeah. old school teacher. Exactly. I think it's, it's very nice. And I think that this is something that we need. We need to move from the, from, you know, whether it's in the writing school or in the school, 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 yeah. um, from, you know, I've gone through this kind of schooling where, you know, yeah. you told you can't do this, you can't do that. Yeah, exactly. And it's not, it's not in our time. And this is not, you know, our, our time, our time is about sharing and, 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 you know, the intuition and, and realizing we all have something to bring to the table. It doesn't yeah. matter what it is. We all yes. good at something. And so um, I think it's really nice to, to, use this teaching of the horse and but take it in a broader way you know yeah. like yeah. Um, it's not just the horses and humans it's more it's it's yeah. teaching children it's it's also teaching people how to live with the land and live with nature i yeah. think it's all interacting in a way you know yeah i agree yeah yeah, yeah so, i really um, think so too and i think uh but you see, I'm, I'm quite optimistic because I think a lot of people are waking up to what are yeah. we doing to this world. I think people are waking up from a millennia long sleep to what relationship do we want to each other, to the world, to our animals, to our horses, and uh, that we are looking into. We need a shift. Um, it's like a paradigm shift to how are we going to survive on this planet. Right. We are, for the first time, really at stake when we're looking into what we threw our, our systems in the world, and I'm talking about the, the, the economic systems that are ruling the world, who are recklessly destroying the nature, right. making horses into machines and children too. Yeah. And we are a lot of people waking up to this and it's taking time. And even if we've touched on like dog training and uh, just when I grew up, uh, I used to walk the neighbor's dog with one of these... Uh, with these colors with spikes going yeah. in ah, yeah I, I was questioning it because i didn't have a dog myself so i walked all the neighbor's dogs and then one of them said oh he really needs this you know he needs so when he didn't stop he would get pain and uh dog training if you look at children children was normal to be beaten in school my mom is actually from germany and they used to slap her over her finger in the 40s with a bamboo stick when she spoke in class mm -hmm. so it was normal to beat children in school but this has changed a lot. Still places in the world this takes place. Dog training has changed a lot. Yeah. So over the last 30 years, it's about reward. It's about bringing out the, the willingness in the dog and how can we form a partnership, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you know. And the horse training is just waking up yeah. from this very abusive, violent way because we start to also ask ourselves, so if you are training your horse in that way and you, you teach your children to train the horse in that way, what it, it, one thing is what it's doing to the horse, but what is that doing to the child? Mm. 
And do you want to do that to your child? We're not even talking about the horse anymore. Do you want to do that to your child? And here you see in in Germany uh, and in Norway and in US, uh, people are waking up like me, like the other trainers that you are talking to, uh, that there is another way. In various forms, there is another way, and, and it's coming. It's like an ocean, I think, sweeping across the world, making the change we all want to see. Yeah, and I think it's wonderful that you're providing for that change. Like, you're providing that center where people can come and look at how can we do things differently, you know? How, yeah. how can we, you know, the trend is to be more self-reliant, you know, to, yeah. to have the tiny house, to have the sort of, the, 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 the water um, and the solar energy and all that. And, but where do you go? Where do you go to yeah. find out? You know, yeah. So it's yeah. lovely to have that, that teaching academy where people can go and go like, okay, so we, there are options. We yeah. don't have to do it this way. There are options. And I think this is, you know, I feel like you're inviting people, you're inviting people to, to partake or just, yeah see that there is an yeah. option and there is another uh, way. And I think yeah, this is exactly. also, you know, with the horses, but it's also uh, with your school and, and, and uh, with, you know, with everything. Yeah. Yeah. This is really important. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I feel that's why what you say, that's why I'm here. <laughs> so I'll have to make my contribution to, yeah. to, to a better world. And uh, because it's something we all can do, small or big, one right. hour a week, 10 hours a week, your life, whatever, a month. We can all uh, do something. And once you start doing something, yeah. things change. And I think, to me, this is completely like a new um, aspect. You know, horses and environmental awareness in a way yeah but yeah but using you know like they they work together they are very to me you know it makes completely sense that you have the horses and you teach with the horses and you have the academy together and it's it's becoming a more holistic awareness in a way it's not just we're not just looking at the water we're not just looking at the uh, gardening you know and the planting you're looking at the whole system together and I think this is this is it's just that's what we need and it's beautiful so um, yeah I agree thank you so much for this yeah thank you too (laughs) okay very good very good Um, and it's very good we can share this message it's so fantastic now with the internet and that people like you are interested that we can get the message out to more people yeah, because then they can. Oh, I can use some of that. I can use some of that. Yeah, <laughs> and okay. uh, yeah, this was beautiful. What I have to say is that the normal animal wisdom message um, didn't happen today yet. I have to say because this was a very sort of um, last minute uh, scheduling and uh, very very um, yeah. So we just decided to do this. So what I will do is I will uh, connect to your beautiful horse, Eleanor, and I will put the uh, message out and people can read it, you know, after they watch or listen to this. So that will be coming. So um, All right. thank you so much, Stina. Thank you. Have, um, you also have a Facebook page. What yeah. Is, is, what is the call from the um, Academy? Well, the, my Academy, you can just follow me. I put Academy stuff on my own profile. Right. And okay. then... 
I have a horse page called SVG Horse School. Okay. Yeah. And just your name. So look up Stina Herberg and see what, what uh, amazing projects you're doing there. And uh, again, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you very much. I wish I will meet you in November. <laughs> uh, well, maybe. You know, you never know. Put your, if it starts with a dream. I always say it always starts with a dream. Yeah. Let's manifest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank Bye. you very much. Thank you.